You just arrived for your professor's office hours with 10 minutes left. There's time for one question, and your professor has to answer quickly, but clearly and accurately so you understand. Welcome to Cali Laudables, your audio law professor. Today you asked Professor Karen Micah of Cleveland Marshall College of Law for advice on how to make the best case law selection when writing a memo covering a state law issue. Like anything else in the law and in law school, the answer is it depends. The most basic staple of case selection is understanding jurisdictional hierarchy and what law would apply when trying to resolve a particular legal issue. When researching federal issues, such as those governed by the United States Code, the legal researcher would be looking for federal court cases, including United States Supreme Court cases. Federal cases, including those decided by the United States Supreme Court, usually have no place when writing a memo on an issue governed by state law, except maybe in instances when the issue involves interpreting a constitutional right. Even then, however, because the courts have concurrent jurisdiction, often the state court will cite its own state court cases deciding constitutional law issues and not necessarily those that you might expect to see from the United States Supreme Court. The resolution of most state law issues, which are quite often those subject areas covered by the first-year classes, tend to be resolved by state law and state courts. When doing legal research for an issue covered by state law, one must begin by looking at statutes and cases in his or her jurisdiction. Each state has its own laws and is not bound by the laws or decisions of other states. Decisions from other states, and perhaps a rare federal case that has interpreted the home state's laws, may sometimes be used as persuasive authority, but only if a state has not reached its own decision on an issue. When selecting authority for a memo, the general rule of judicial hierarchy is that it is best to use law from the highest court in the jurisdiction in which you are researching, that is, if the court has made a decision on your issue. Thus, if your state Supreme Court has made a determination on an issue, that state Supreme Court case or a series of cases should be cited. But if the state Supreme Court has not reached a determination on an issue, the memo should include various courts of appeals cases from that state that have reached determinations on the issue. If there's a conflict between the various courts of appeals, it might be best to cite your home circuit first, the venue or perhaps the district in which you might eventually be filing a document. This would especially be true if the home district has declared that a rule will be applied in a certain way. However, if there really is a conflict among the state districts, that conflict should be analyzed and made known to the reader. In addition, if the home district has decided only one or a few cases on a particular issue, the researcher should probably fill the gaps in the law by finding cases in other districts that give a broader definition of the law and perhaps provide some analogous facts. When determining which Court of Appeals cases should be cited, it should be noted that some of the Court of Appeals decisions make known their precedential value by using pertinent phrases. These might include, this decision is limited to the facts of this case, or this decision reaffirms the view of the district, or this is the rule in our district, or we hereby reject the way this law has been applied in the other districts. This should also be taken into consideration when choosing the most appropriate Court of Appeals cases to be included in a memo. Additionally, many times courts themselves will dictate case selection. If numerous courts of appeals are citing the same cases, regardless of which district they're in, 
Those are the cases that would be most appropriate to appear in a memo. Sometimes guidance about which court of appeals cases comes about from the state Supreme Court case, even when the state Supreme Court hasn't reached a determination on the issue. Sometimes a state Supreme Court case will cite various court of appeals cases when defining what the law is, even if they don't reach an ultimate determination on a much more major issue. The legal researcher must be attentive to this and also focus on those cases. It's an easy clue as to what the Supreme Court might decide if it were confronted with the exact issue that the researcher were writing about. The key to a good memo is a mix between cases that represent the law and cases that provide a basis for a good factual analogy. Quite often, state Supreme Court cases will set out basic legal definitions or perhaps even discuss broad public policy implications. However, those cases don't always provide the basis for including direct factual comparisons. Those might come from the lower court cases, either court of appeals cases, or in some limited circumstances, trial court decisions. Consequently, when looking for the right court of appeals cases to cite, the researcher must not only consider which cases represent the best explanation of the law, which often come from the higher levels of courts, but cases that also provide the basis for a solid factual comparison. The best cases, of course, are ones that have solid law and a good basis for factual analogy. This does not mean, however, that the researcher should look only at cases in which the court found in favor of the hypothetical client. Cases in which your hypothetical client might have lost, given the application of the law, might also be beneficial for purposes of factual analogy. Sometimes a law clerk is asked to write a memo that addresses whether a particular client might be successful in a cause of action. Although the researcher should look for cases on which a successful analogy could be made, the researcher should not ignore factually similar cases where the party bringing the action was unsuccessful, or perhaps the defendant being unsuccessful if that defendant is more representative of the client that you're representing. Sometimes the best arguments can be made by distinguishing the facts of cases. In addition, it's important to include factually analogous cases where there is a potential negative interpretation of those facts. By including an explanation of these cases, the legal researcher allows the reader to be prepared to potentially make counter-arguments to an alternative interpretation of the law. A question also arises as to whether it's better to use newer cases rather than the older cases, and the answer again is, it depends. Sometimes the law is very well established such that one case or a series of older cases is always cited as authority for a particular legal premise. If legal research indicates that this is occurring, then the writer should include those cases in the memo as authority for the basic definitions. Newer, perhaps more factually analogous cases, can then be used for the purpose of making specific analogies. Keep in mind, however, that sometimes older cases do provide the basis for the best factual analogies. They should not be disregarded just because there are newer cases that deal with a particular legal issue. Some areas of law are very well settled. Finally, a question arises as to whether trial court cases or unreported decisions should be cited at all in the memo. My answer to this is, ordinarily, trial court cases should be cited only sporadically and only if the case sets out a particular factual analogy or quotation that is important to the point being made. Remember, the trial courts are not the courts that determine what the law is. Rather, those courts are applying the law from higher levels within the judicial hierarchy. 
As a result, the persuasive weight is not as great as a decision made by an appellate court or a state Supreme Court. As for unreported decisions, some states specifically preclude their use while other states allow it or even make little distinction between reported and unreported decisions. If a state allows unreported decisions to be cited, my advice is again to use them sporadically and only when they are necessary to advance a point or make a specific analogy. Another instance would be when the entire authority for a state's view on an issue seems to be encompassed in unreported trial court decisions. When this occurs, the unreported decisions should not be ignored merely because they are unreported, but the researcher should be aware of what cases are cited within these unreported decisions to make sure that his or her research is comprehensive. The researcher should also make aware the reader of the memo the fact that most of the factually analogous cases do appear in unreported decisions and that there are few reported cases on the issue that can be set out in a memo. Another issue that should be considered by any individual writing a memo is the extent to which adverse case authority should be included. As was mentioned previously, sometimes there are situations where a particular plaintiff or defendant was unsuccessful because of the interpretation of the law. This is distinguished from adverse case authority, where it is that the case seems to find directly contrary to the way your hypothetical client would like the court to find. Remember, a memo is an informational tool that a judge or an attorney will use to determine the merits of both sides of a legal position. An attorney may even be deciding whether to proceed in litigation based on a writer's analysis of the potential merits of success. As a consequence, it is imperative that adverse case law be discussed in a memo. Adverse case law not only includes cases that seem to directly represent that your client's position is weak, but also cases that have the possibility of being interpreted or analogized in such a way that might not be supportive of the desired outcome for your client. The object of writing the memo is to determine the various ways that cases can be interpreted so all of the potential options and strategies are brought to light. Without that, informed judgments or possible counter-arguments can't be made. Thus, adverse case authority is an essential part of writing the memo and should be included so that the person who is reading the memo can make informed judgments about how to proceed with litigation or potentially how to defend against counter-arguments made by the opposition. Bundables are produced and distributed by Cali, that's the Center for Computer Assisted Legal Instruction. You can find more laudables at www.cali.org slash laudables. And you can send your questions and feedback to laudables at cali.org. That's L-A-W-D-I-B-L-E-S at cali with a C dot org. The laudable theme music is Ask Me No Question by Learning Music. Laudables are for educational purposes only. Please seek an attorney if you need legal advice.